Welcome to Mihinte on Air on 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW and online WSGW.com. Now, here is your host, Larry Rodarte. Hello, hello, Mihente. We're back. We're back here on Mihente on Air, and I'm excited as we head into uh, the holiday season, the holiday season of Christmas. Always such a, a beautiful time, especially in the month of December. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving, no matter how it was celebrated, whether it was with family within your homes or whether it was on FaceTime. We all have to deal with this COVID virus, this COVID pandemic, and that's part of the reason uh, why I brought our first guest on today uh, to talk about how the COVID-19 virus is affecting the annual novena. And I just want to start with saying, how many of you remember uh, the late nights when you would go with your family over to St. Joseph Catholic Church on 6th Street, whether it was the old church or the new church, and you were getting ready to participate in the novena? You would drive up, you would see many of the men out in the parking lot who were ushers, who were going to tell you where to park, uh, men like Paula Roscoe, Jean Cap. Even Florencio Rosco, I remember uh, my relatives that would be in the parking lot uh, directing people to uh, the, where they wanted them to park. And then you would go in the church and you would see um, all kinds of the hustle and bustle of the novena to Our Lady with the women with their uh, things over their head. I, I have to ask Cruz what um, those are. And, you know, it was just this feeling of love, love for our culture and our heritage and our traditions. And we are talking that this novena to Our Lady of Guadalupe at St. Joseph Catholic Church has been going on there for over 90 years. And it started with women who had migrated from Mexico and wanted to participate in their annual um, honoring of Our Lady of Guadalupe, the Mother of God. So I've got our guest here today, Mrs. Cruz Diaz, who is the president of the Lamas de Guadalupe. Cruz, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello, Larry. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you these days, Cruz? I'm not too bad. Pretty good. That's good to hear. You know, we have celebrated this novena for so many years, and probably uh, it was not happening during the 1918 pandemic. Um, in the United States, but it sure is happening now again during this 2020 year when we have uh, seen such devastation in the year of our Lord of 2020, right? And uh, I just want to ask you, are, are we still on for the novena at St. Joseph Catholic Church? Yes, we are, Larry. Um, despite of everything, um, we are blessed to have the novena. I mean, I couldn't even imagine not having it, you know, and it's our 93rd year this year. Wow, 93 years. Yes. And, you know, there's there's going to be restrictions. You know, they're not, you know, it's not going to be the same. Um, we won't be marching in, you know, as a group as we do with flowers and how nice it looks, you know. And we're all just going to be seated and, and distancing. And then um, there's not going to be a crowning either, you know. On, on February, on December the eighth, 
When what day does it actually start? The fifth. It starts December the fourth. Oh, December fourth, the evening of December fourth, and yes. it will run till December twelfth. Correct. Right. Uh huh. Yep. And how has the clergy been in regard to Father Frank? How has he been in accepting um, the the novena this year, as well as uh, some of the changes that are going to be taking place? Yes, he's. You know, he too has. You know, it's kind of like, well, you know, we are going to have the mass. He did allow us to have the mass, but he just, you know, hates to, with all the dis, you know, um, restrictions. You know, he says we have to go by the restrictions. You know, from the diocese, so we we won't really we're gonna have gatherings at the hall either. It's oh. going to be um, yeah. So we're no, gonna have so no hot chocolate, chocolate and pan dulce. Well, yes, we will. We will have that, but it has to be outside. We have to distribute it outside in, in baggies, you know, and and that kind of thing. Um, we have a tent with uh, Jesse Vasquez. He's going to put up a small tent on the side. So, you know, in, in a token of our appreciation of people coming to our novena, before they leave, they can stop by the at the tent and get their bundles and chocolate. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you know, so we, you know, but, um, many will be actually watching probably on FaceTime. You'll have that on FaceTime as well. Yes, uh-huh. yes, it will be. And he's allowing um, about eighty people. You know, I think is the count. But if you're family, you can all sit together. But if you come single, there's tapes on the on the pews where you can, where the ushers are going to be seated, seating you, and, and that's where you have to sit. You know, at the distance. You know, it's um, really a time of anxiety. Uh, we've had yeah. anxiety because of this COVID uh, pandemic, as well as the election. And thank God the election is over with. Right. But how do you see this tradition of the novena uh, helping in this time of anxiety that we're living, this time of uh, the pandemic? Well, um, it's hard to say because uh, a few of our ladies, they came down with the COVID, you know, but they're they're doing fine now, you know, of our Damas de Guadalupe. But um, we, you know, we call each other and make sure everything is okay. And if they need anything, you know, we have ladies to go out and distribute food and or if they need a ride, you know, there's some of us that still go out a little bit. Uh, like my husband and I, we we uh, today we distribute about thirteen, I think, or thirteen to fourteen meals to the seniors today, because um, we do the meals on wheels. Right, so we're right. still allowed to do that once once a week. But um, yeah, um, and we've also kind of like kind of made a a prayer day, you know, like a Wednesday. We'll say the rosary, everybody, you know, wherever they're at, you know, at home. So we say it together. Oh, that's important. That's real important. Yes. Well, you know, let, let's mm-hmm. let's jump back a minute. Mm-hmm. Tell us what a Dama de Guadalupe is for those in our listening audience that may not know. Okay. A Dama is, um, well, we help in the community, and uh, we help our church, especially our church. And, and they're, you know, if someone's um, a shut-in, we'll go visit them. And... And then we'll we'll ra- we'll have fundraisers, but of course we couldn't right now. But um, when the time gets best, you know, we'll be back to helping 
more, more so at the church with our fundraisers. Mm-hmm. But uh, Adama de Guadalupe, the definition from this in English would be what? Lady, right. lady, uh, woman of Our Lady. Yes, the woman of Our Lady. Yeah, yeah, and and, <laughs> and this is a this is a tradition from way back. We, you know, I mentioned earlier that the women that came from Mexico, they wanted yes. to celebrate how they celebrated in Mexico uh, at the St. Mm-hmm. Joseph Catholic Church, and there was some resistance initially. Um, the St. Joseph Catholic Church on Sixth Street was predominantly a Polish. Uh, Italian church, I believe, and, um, right. you know, they were familiar with um, giving honor to the Mother of God, but not in the way of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And so when many of these uh, migrant women mm-hmm. who came uh, with their husbands and their families to uh, work in the fields, they wanted to actually uh, celebrate and honor that tradition of honoring Our Lady of Guadalupe, which meant so much to them in their hearts and in their families and in their their traditions, I'm sure. And and they passed that on to people like you, Cruz. And, and, and tell me a little bit yes. about your mother's participation with the Damas de Guadalupe. Oh, yes. yes she, at, the, at the time when the Damas were together, when my mom was around, she um, they did uh, quinceaneras and wedding dinners, you know, and and they helped, again, they helped at the church and and she was treasurer at one time also. She took office there at the for the damas. Mhm. And and she and she taught you that tradition in your household to to love oh, our lady yes. of Guadalupe and to seek her out for her intercession anytime uh, there were problems in your life, right? Right. Yes. And and she dragged me with her too for the meetings or or you know to help the ladies when she would but she was one that um, that always drove, you know. So there's a lot of ladies that didn't drive. So she would, ha- you know, go pick them up to come to the meetings, and I would be with her and help the ladies in and out of the car and to their homes. And, yeah, I spent a lot of time with, with the ladies. <laughs> you know, my, my mother would always talk about uh, her gra- her grandmother, Cecilia, which would be my great-grandma, and she lived mm-hmm. over on 29th Street, and they would walk from 29th to 6th Street, you know, rain, snow, mm-hmm. what have you. And they always made uh-huh. that, that annual novena. It was so important to her in her heart. And when we talk about uh, the novena, we're talking nine days of going to yes. Mass every night, saying the rosary, going to Mass, and participating mm-hmm. with the church, the congregation, usually with um, hot cocoa and and bread, which we call pan dulce. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just a, a, a gathering of the people of the church and giving honor to Our Lady of Guadalupe. And it, and it means so much to the people participating and their families because, you know, you're, you're reaching back into your culture, your history. You're uh, participating today. You're, you're, you know, asking for the intercession of Our Lady in times like now in 2020 when we're going through this pandemic and we're seeing people who are getting sick and uh, people in the community who yeah. are dying. So. Today, you know, as as we are heading into uh, December, this new month, this is the time when we all are familiar with the novena. Whether you are a Catholic, whether you're evangelical, mm-hmm. whether, you know, everybody knows about mm-hmm. the novena because it's a part of their history if you're in this community as a Latino. Can you tell me about your experience more, Cruz, with that? 
Oh, with the novena, it's just a, it's just a beautiful thing. We have, you know, the, with the entertainment and like you said, the culture just comes right out. You know, we dress in costume, you know, and and um, and we have uh, um, different priests every, you know, every day. There's a, a different priest that are that would be doing the mass, you know, and, and, and you the have, bishop. You have padrinos as well. Yes, yes, we do. Uh-huh. Padrinos are like godfathers. They they are padrinos mm-hmm. of the mass, and uh, they're giving honor as well with either their businesses or their uh, their organizations yeah. like the Union Civica Mexicana. Um, mm-hmm. Just different different um, people within the the culture in the community that are giving honor. And and you were going to yeah. mention something about bis- the bishop, the bishop of the Saginaw Diocese. Yes, he's going to be opening up on December the. 4th he'll be saying the first mass um and the pellegrinos what we call pellegrinos would be the damas which again they they won't be marching in they'll be just be seated but they'll be recognized and then we have the youth group and the pellegrinos of seniors and the veterans day on, on pearl harbor day december the 7th and and also we have sponsors that are gonna um be out in the tent uh, passing out the chocolate or whatever they would like to pass. They can do Christmas cookies. They can do pan dulce, you know. It, it won't be, Father was concerned about uh, making chocolate because, uh, so one of the ladies um, gave an idea and said, give them a pack of chocolate instead of, you know, because he said that if they take it in their car, they might spill it and burn themselves, you know. So <laughs> so the one of the ladies said, we'll just give them a pack of chocolate then, you know, because it just goes with the pan dulce, you know. I said, yeah, that would be, that's a good idea. You know, we could do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, and, and it's wonderful that St. Joseph is still continuing this tradition for so many years, 93 years. Uh, that's, yes. that's a long and, time. I think the, the Damas de Guadalupe are probably the oldest organization within our Hispanic community, uh, even yeah. older than the Union Civica, because they started then in what, 1927, uh-huh. 1928? No, I I think around in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I I remember I had an interview with Pachita Guevara, uh, the late Pachita Guevara, and she told Mm -hmm. me about uh, when they started and how they started and how they had that resistance um, to, uh, sorry about that, Uh, I thought they had the resistance from um, Mm -hmm. not only the, the priests at the time, but many of the parishioners, and so they had to you know, really join forces with other ladies within the community to say, hey, we're here and, and you know, we want our culture uh, to be able to celebrate and uh, demonstrate our culture within the church because we're part of it now. So that's uh, okay. speaking volumes to those women, those uh, founding damas de Guadalupe. <laughs> yes, still going strong. <laughs> you know, and, and I just want to mention some of them. Um uh, like, uh, you know, Pachita Guevara, like I said, and uh, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Barrera, Mrs. Olvera, uh, Grandma Gallardo. Oh, I remember Grandma Gallardo and Mrs. Uh-huh. Herrera, Mrs. Estrada. Um, and, the, and then the later day damas like um, mm-hmm. Angelito Gonzalez and Maria Vela and also Mrs. Mosqueda, mm-hmm. who is still with us at oh, how old? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, she's in. 97? 97, yes. I believe it's 97. Mm-hmm. And she's still a yeah. dama, correct? Yes, she is. Yes, she is. And and um, Teresa Rocha. Teresa yeah, Rocha. She's in her still 90s. with us. She, yeah. So she, she's probably like the oldest 
her and Mrs. Mosqueda of the Damas. And I know when I talked mm-hmm. to Teresa, mm-hmm. she told me that she started way back when she was a young girl, like 10 years old. And I said, Teresa, that means you've been a Dama for like over 80 years. And she just looked at me <laughs> with surprise in her eyes and said, yeah, I guess yes. so. You know, so she has really <laughs> seen the century of when this annual cultural yeah, tradition has been celebrated at St. Joe's. Right. She's our spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. She still comes to the meetings. Her Kathy, her daughter, brings her to the meetings, or I'll go get her if she needs a ride. You know, but uh, yeah, she still managed to come to our meetings, and and she's our spiritual leader. Wow! And tell she me, us a lot. tell me, Cruz, you as the president, what made you decide to be president? And tell me a little bit about the younger members today. Oh, okay. Um, well, I got elected. Actually, I you know I didn't. I didn't even really think about that, you know, but when the elections came, my name came up and I said, I guess I'll give it a try. You know, I said, I've been there. I was there for a while as a treasurer and then then they elected me for president. So I just thought I'd give it a try. And so far, so far, so good. You know, we we do um, a board meeting before the meeting. We do a board meeting a week before our uh, regular board uh, Dama meeting. And that helps a lot because it keeps us on track of what we could, what we could bring up, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the church. Yeah. Well, I, so, I, um, I hope you guys are actually um, loving with each other and kind. And <laughs> I know I, I'm, I'm saying that jokingly <laughs> oh, because yeah. I know the Damas de Guadalupe have always, you know, we've looked to them as spiritual, praying women within our community. And I can actually remember yeah. when people would say, you know, to somebody who was doing something wrong in the community, they say, well, I'm telling the Damas de Guadalupe on you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it really it really meant yeah. something, you know. And I yeah. think that today's women, the modern Damas de Guadalupe, are, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're fantastic that they're involved because, it, you know, sometimes uh, old older groups of, you know, mm-hmm. long-time uh, organizations, they sometimes they lose their memberships. And this one Uh has continually gone on, and there's a lot of, what I noticed, a lot of younger members now. Yeah, we recruited um, a few younger ones now because, you know, well, you know, we are getting up in age, too, you know. So, um, but um, they help as best they can because, you know, the younger ones, they still work. Right. So, you know, sometimes they can't make it to the meetings, but we give them the phone call on what's going on. And they, right away they say, well, we can donate, you know, but I can't make it to the meeting. But if you need something, just call and let us know. And so that's how, you know, they participate, you know. And and a lot of them, well, they don't work on Sunday. So when we used to have our, our breakfast or whatever was going on at the church, they would help. And, you know, our bingos or that kind of thing. And, and, and the, bottom yeah. line, the bottom line of all the Damas is that, they're prayerful mm-hmm. women who are either praying the rosary or praying Hail Marys and the Lord's mm-hmm. Prayer and praying for their families, their community. That's at the heart of this organization, correct? Yes, yes. A lot of them ask for prayer, and they'll call us and say, you know, call. We have a list of ladies, and, and they more or less, you know, since they go to St. Joe's, they know who the Damas are because once a month, on Monday, uh, was it the first, no, the second Sunday of the month, um, during Mass at the 9.30, when we used to have 9.30, because now we only have one Mass, which is 10.30. But, you know, that's where they would recognize who was a Dama, because we would march in, you know, and and they would give us a call and say, you know, I need prayer, you know, could you please help that we, 
you know, so-and-so is sick or, right, you know, that right. kind of thing. And, and one of the things that recently I experienced with the Damas de Guadalupe was their assistance um, when we made meals for the elderly during the first wave of the pandemic. And yes. uh, it was really nice to see so many of our Christian brothers and sisters come together, the Damas de Guadalupe, as well as many of the evangelical churches, uh, to make mm-hmm. meals and distribute meals, Mexican meals, such as menudo and uh, uh, carne yes. asada, to our elderly uh, that really couldn't get out to go to the stores um, when the restaurants shut down. So I want to thank right. the Damas de Guadalupe because they sure came in and uh, helped with uh, getting those meals out to the people as well as cleaning up the mess that was made in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's right. That cook in there, man, I tell you, he's messy. He was messy, right? (laughs) But, but Uh, Cruz... Could that be you, Mary? (laughs) Oh, I didn't want you to tell everyone. (laughs) Well, you know... No, but you're a great cook. the, The Union Civica Mexicana back in the day... Um, yeah. Them women that were participating there in in making meals, they were probably a lot of them were the uh, same women that were part of the Damas de Guadalupe. And yeah. um, so many times mm-hmm. I say this that many people think uh, today that the cooks in the Union Civica Mexicana are the little old ladies with the aprons and man, <laughs> yeah. they, they they were they were so right. no they were so known for such good foods, you know, whether it was at the dances or or whether it was uh, at uh, right. quinceanera, like you you mentioned. And mm-hmm. today that kind of has changed, but we give honor to those great cooks uh, like Angelita Gonzalez, who taught me how to make menudo. Can you believe it? Angelita mm-hmm. Gonzalez taught me how to make menudo, so I had to give oh, her nice. props. You know, I have to yeah. give her props. But, you know, that that's a beautiful tradition that we have had in this community, celebrating mm-hmm. the novena with pan dulce, chocolate, and then good foods as well. And, you know, I can only imagine what it was like in the early days with some of those cooks mm-hmm. from Mexico. And, right. and, and mm-hmm. then, you know, they passed those traditions on of prayer as well as the culinary needs of the community you know, to their daughters mm-hmm. and their granddaughters. And that's something that you're a product of, Cruz Diaz, correct? Yeah, right, right. And then, you know, our youth group, uh, too, you know, we we have to say, you know, well, the ones that are in, the younger ones that joined, I have to remind them sometimes, too, that, you know, we have a, you know, we have an image, the Damas, you know, we, you know, so, so watch out when you go out, out in public. They know who you are. They know you're a Dama, so, you know. Just um, just be careful and 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 let you know, let them know that we pray for them. Yes, and that, and that's so important. And at the the bottom up line of the Damas de Guadalupe, like I said, is that you know they're prayerful women that pray for the community, pray in the church. They give honor to Our Lady of Guadalupe, who appeared yes. to Juan Diego so many years mm-hmm. ago, uh, over five hundred years ago, in what is today Mexico City. And the Mexican people there in, in Mexico, they give great honor. Uh, she is the patron saint of the Americas, meaning Canada, the United yeah. States, and Mexico. So I, I want to mm. thank you, Cruz Diaz, for coming on and talking about this. Such an important oh, cultural tradition within our community. And I think mm-hmm. it's really important that the tradition continues and the music that comes to mind 
And I just wish mm-hmm. you all the best of luck in dealing with this pandemic during this, the 93rd annual Novena of St. Joseph Catholic Church. Thank you, Larry. And I'd like to just announce about our, our schedule. Our rosary throughout these days is at 5.30, and our Mass will start at 6.30. Okay, so if, if, with- if you're at home or whether you are at, your, at the church itself, we are thankful that you're participating in praying for our community. Thank you so much, Thank Cruz Diaz, president of Thank the you. Damas de Guadalupe of St. Joseph Catholic Church. God bless you. Thank you. Up next, we've got Elvis Mako, who will talk about Christmas with Angels, here on Mi Gente On Air. Listening to Mi Gente On Air on WSGW. This is Mijenta on Air on WSGW. Good evening, Mijenta. Buenos tardes. We are back here in the studios at WSGW, and I'm your host, Larry Rodarte. And we have a special guest here with us today who is uh, a great individual who gives back in the community and who has come up with a program with other community leaders to give to children during the Christmas holiday. And that guest today is Mr. Alvis Mako from Garber Buick. Alvis, are you there? Uh, yes, sir. How are you, Alvis? How you how you been doing? I'm doing very well. You know, very well and uh, always uh, very blessed in this uh, Thanksgiving season. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being with us. It's funny that every sh- guest that we seem to have on this show we always end up talking about the COVID-19 pandemic. I guess it's it's just such a prevalent uh, subject now because we're living it. We're living in this time of uh, COVID-19, and it's, it's, it's stressful. And yet we're approaching the Christmas holiday. And part of that Christmas holiday is celebrating the novena like we talked with with Cruz Diaz it's it's celebrating tamales it's celebrating gift giving and that's and that's what this program Christmas with Angels is all about can you tell us Elvis what's going to happen this year during the COVID-19 pandemic with Christmas with Angels um Larry that's a great question and you know our committee is really really uh, a great group of leaders uh, that want to make a difference. And we've met now for the past three weeks to really discuss that. We The, the whole discussion was, okay, we want to help, but how? How do, you know, how do we, you know, bring the gift of Christmas to children in need right here in Saginaw County? Um, and that's been, you know, the topic of conversation of the how. Uh, because we normally, you know, not only do we shop with the parents for the, the children's gifts, but then we normally come together for an annual wrapping party the day before, and then Santa comes, and, you know, we have a huge ceremony where we provide dinner, and, you know, the children are able to open the gifts that's been really exciting for the last past three years with Santa. And due to COVID, you know, none of that really can happen. 
So uh, we've came up and we've talked and utilized our, our local resources, and we met last night again with our, our faith community, and we're able to uh, you know, not only reach agreements, but we're, we're ready to move forward with uh, Christmas with Angels 2020. It's really exciting. Um, we all raised our hand and said yes, and we will be making a difference in our community this year as well. And, and the recipients of the Christmas with Angel gifts, tell me how that is determined and uh, how it has happened in the past and how it will happen this year. Another great question. So that is exactly, you know, in past years, we've had an application process that has been available to the public. Um, we've given them out at the Mexican American Council at Garber Buick, and then also we published them on, you know, many different uh, social media sites, so it's been available. That's been for the last three years. Then a committee would meet. We review every single application. Um, as a committee, we would vote on either 25 families the first year, 35 families the second year, and in 2019, we awarded 42 families. This year in 2020, with once again due to COVID, you know, many of us aren't in the community as much as we normally are. You know, we know the need is great, but who would better, the question was brought and thought of, who would better know our community and who really needs help right now? And that, you know, was overwhelming response of the pastors, the first ladies in the churches would know the families that are, that are really in need because we want to be safe but also Christmas for the Angels want to be effective, too. We want to help those families in need. So we'll be working with our faith community, and we're really excited that um, the faith community will be bringing us the applications this year, and then we will award the uh, families accordingly. Wow, kudos kudos to you and the group for uh, coming up with that great idea. I can't, I can't believe it's four years. This is the fourth year already. Yeah, <laughs> How, how did that start? How did Christmas with Angels actually start? Uh, what was it, in 2016 then? Um, the idea started floating around in 2016, and it was really based on a few conversations where, you know, we knew children uh, were in need in, in the Saginaw community, the Bay City community, and Midland community, and bringing the gift to Christmas was just the idea that was shared of, you know, no children should come down the stairs, you know, to no tree or, you know, no Christmas gifts under the tree. And from that collection of leaders and thoughts, you know, we really put a plan in motion. And I can't tell you enough, like the team and the committee of the angels, we couldn't have did it without them. But the overwhelming support from our community, from all over, from the corporate sector to the small business to the individual community member, it's just been awesome and we've been able to you know make a difference in over 400 children's lives right here in the Saginaw County and surrounding parts and we've been able to gift over 102 families in the last past uh, three years which is just amazing. Wow that is that really isn't you know we, we I would say the the we have to give thanks to so many of those who gave from like you said the business sector as well as uh just the, the everyday community person that wanted to be involved. And it's your angels. That's why you call them angels in this program who are the ones who raise that money to be able to give the gift of Christmas to these kids, right? Correct. Yes, absolutely. We, we reach out to the community. 
100% of the donations that come in, we grant uh, to the uh, children and families. So 100% of the funds come in, 100% of the funds go out to make the difference. Uh, we can't say it enough. Without the community, uh, you know, Christmas Angels wouldn't be successful. And even with this, us going forward, moving today for Christmas Angels 2020, we have about two and a half weeks to raise $10,000 and to award 25 families. So a lot of work needs to be done, but we know we have faith that uh, he'll bring us through and uh, we'll make our goals and we'll make a lot of children and families happy this Christmas. Yeah, 10,000, that, that is a lot uh, for, for two and a half weeks, but we've, we've done it before, right? The, the Christmas with Angels has been successful and they've continually uh, grown each year in giving as well as in fundraising. And I got to tell you, Elvis, you know, you've kind of been uh, the spearhead of, of this, and um, it couldn't have happened without um, your job position. Uh, you know, not, not every uh, employer is going to allow someone, one of their employees, to actually uh, be so involved in something at a grand scale as this. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Larry, so I work at Garber Buick. I'm the finance manager, uh, finance director. Uh, and a, for and, last a, and a good one, and a good one at that, I have to add. <laughs> I, I, I thank you. I thank you. Yep. I try and pride myself at being one of the best in the nation. And within that, I mean, I work for uh, Mr. Rich Purdue. But then also, if you probably saw in the news, uh, Mr. Richard Garber uh, gave $50,000 to uh, our local um, uh, as far as entity, uh, as far as the Chamber of Commerce, um, this past and last past two days, and that was our Christmas uh, party money. Would normally we'd have a Christmas party, and he gifted that away to, you know, our community to make it better. And what better example? I sent him a text this morning. What better example, you know, than I than I have to be able to you know be a leader like a like a Dick Garber. But you're absolutely right. It takes a lot of commitment. Um, I normally work 10 to 12 hours a day. Uh, this morning I was here two hours early. Last night I left three hours late just because so much has to be done uh, to make this successful and to be able to reach out to those, you know, family members, those committee members, those corporate sponsors to make this successful. But the the thing that really drives and fuels not only myself but many members of the committee is seeing those children's faces and knowing that you made a difference. Because, Larry, me and you can both agree, the easy option this year would have been able to say, you know what, COVID is here, a pandemic's here, you know, we're just not going to do anything, we're not going to give to any families, and that would have been easy. The hard part was strategically figuring out how to make this happen and then making it successful and and. When we're all done, we know the need is great. We're going to meet up to them expectations. We're going to make a difference. We're going to make it happen. We love Saginaw County. We love Saginaw community. And we're going to make a lot of children happy. And, and that that is worth 14, 16, 18 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. I, well, you know, I know Elvis uh, is very humble in regard to his participation in this. And I know the Garber family as well. Um, but I want to. I wanted to make sure that we gave uh, some due to them because you know it really does take a lot of work and a lot of time, a lot of effort away from the actual uh, business. But during this holiday season, it has uh, you know 
been so fruitful. It's been so fruitful. But I, I want to mention this, too. Um, Elvis Mackel is a product of the Great Lakes Bay Hispanic Leadership Institute. And uh, it's, it's a great group of young professionals that have uh, kind of similar to what the Chamber of Commerce puts through with Saginaw Leadership. And, you know, it's nice to see that a young person like Elvis is actually doing the walk. He's walking the walk, and he's making something come out of uh, that organization and taking the skills that he learned from there and that, you know, he's he's making our community better. And so I, I just want to give kudos to the, the Great Lakes Bay Hispanic Leadership Institute and that uh, that product that they have set forth to put forth to have young people be at the table and be involved in, and make the community better. So kudos to them as well as well as Elvis, Pre- Elvis Presley, Elvis Mackle. <laughs> and if I could take a second right there, Larry, to say, you know, the Great Lakes Bay Hispanic Leadership Institute, you know, I was um, – I now am an alumnus from 2011. I sit on the board of directors. Monica Reyes and the group do a phenomenal job. You know, we have uh, mentors like Dick Garber and Jimmy Green, uh, Veronica Horn, which is an alumni from the leadership Saginaw County in 2016. Uh, We're really surrounded. When you surround yourself with great people, especially here at Garber and then also with the committee of angels, the angels committee, you're able to, you know, not only delegate, but you're also able to collectively get things done as a group. And without teamwork, none of this would be possible. It really shows, you know, when the community comes together and we collaborate, no one gets credit. But at the end of the day, the credit belongs to the children, and that's when you see these these mountains being moved and things happening very quickly. And it's just an awesome thing to see. And I, I just can't stress the amount of teamwork and the collaboration, and that's the reason for all the success. Um, and this will we'll, we'll claim success uh, this year as well, which will be our fourth year. Yeah, and uh, many of the Angels are actually alumni along with you of the Great Lakes Bay Hispanic Leadership Institute, correct? Uh, correct. You have uh, uh, right around 70%. You have Daniel Sosa. You have Kater, uh, Katerina Barrages. You have Inez. Um, you also have, um, Priscilla. Oh, goodness. You have, uh, Finice. You have, um, of course, Bobby DeLeon, which would have been one of our, our, uh, uh board of directors. From so, the, yes. From the Max yeah, Center. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Bob, Bobby and, and Gil Guevara, longtime leaders in our community, you know, are a part of this as well. And it's nice to see them. Uh, excuse my expression, the old guard, but also the young, the young people who are involved from the Leadership Institute. It's, it's so important to see a collaboration of so many people, you know. And, and that's part of, you know, when Monica Reyes and I met with Jimmy Green, which Jimmy Green is a part of this big time, and Jimmy Green right. had started Savalte, which was the African-American uh, Leadership Institute. He's the one that first did it. And then when we met with him to start this Leadership Institute, he was such an inspiration. And it was the, these types of things where people uh, from our community would sit at the table and they would make things happen. So it's nice to see the fruition of what started in 2008, 2009. You know, it's there with Christmas of the Angels big time. And, and be, while you're mentioning names, Larry, I got I to gotta at least be able to – you know, put you 
in that name of names because with Larry Rodarty, he's really in, in a Kevin Quiros uh, paint box. You have been instrumental on the social media, on the promotion, on the advertising, on the thoughtful thinking of, you know, how do we get things done digitally? And you've been a great team member of ours with Christmas with Angels. We love working with you. And it was, you know, uh, really when this catapulted, if you remember, uh, back in 2017, we were at the Atalante Awards. Um, if you if you remember that night, and it really took, uh, it just launched this whole program that night. And it was a beautiful thing to see. You know, Vanessa Garris was able to speak and, and many other leaders throughout the uh, community. And uh, here we are sitting, you know, four years later. Yeah, and you know the the Adelante Awards, um, it was, it was it, that was such a special night. You know, with Vanessa Guerra getting up and speaking and having the call to see this succeed, and and you being on the stage, and uh, and then people, you know, you telling the story, and then people, you know, started to donate and wanted to be involved. It, that, that was such a beautiful thing, you know, and, and I'm so glad you brought that up because that's part of what this whole thing is about. And I have to give real big kudos to WSGW, who is giving us this platform with me, Gente on Air, to talk about Christmas with Angels, talk about the Damas de Guadalupe. I don't think this has ever been done before on an FM station and an AM station simultaneously at this level, and you know, it, it's it's wonderful that they recognize our contributions in the community, the Hispanic contributions. That's what the show's about, the concerns and the culture. And so, hats off to them. Thank you so much, Dave Mauer, and uh, thank you for allowing us to talk with Elvis Maku about Christmas with Angels. So, tell me, Elvis, how does somebody who is really in need this Christmas and and so many are due to this COVID pandemic. How do they go about applying this year for Christmas with Angels? Uh, once again, uh, this year is completely different. Normally that's an easy question to answer, um, Larry. And, and this year, uh, you know, as far as we're not taking any public applications, we're going to be working directly with our faith community so with the local churches and with the local churches being in contact with a lot of not only parishioners, but the community in broad in general, we're going to rely on the, you know, first ladies and also the, the uh, pastors of these, you know, churches spread throughout Saginaw County to really be able to not only collect the applications, but be able to advise us to where can we have the greatest impact and make the most impact uh, on these families. So, uh, we're going to rely on our faith community very, very strong this year. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm so glad to hear that because we all know how devastating 2020 has been. And there are already requests coming in, I know, uh, on, on social media as well as uh, on the Christmas Angels um, Facebook page for people who are in need. So if uh, we can uh, make sure that our faith-based community is giving – those gifts away and that we are incorporating not only the uh, evangelical churches, but the Catholic Church of St. Joe's, 
then I'm very good with that. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, uh, as anti-evangelical uh, or anything like that, of course, but I just remember the, the work that we did with giving out the meals for the seniors, and it's such a beautiful thing to see the Catholic faith and the evangelicals all come together because they are Christians. We are all Christians in uh, serving God, right? And so I'm really happy to see that they're going to continue in that work and in that, that vein, that line of work, to give back to the community. Yeah, I, I, and I agree. You know, we've reached out um, as far as to many different spectrums uh, of the faith community to make sure we had a broad sense, but also, you know, make sure that we're, you know, including everybody, which we always want to do. And, you know, we always want to make sure, you know, we have an impact. I mean, 2020 is just, it's been just a rough, I mean, year on every single person, whether you're a essential worker, you're not a essential worker, you know, if you're a child, if you're in high school, if you're in middle school, uh, it's just been tough on everybody. Yeah. And we if we can just help one family, two families, 25 families, just help bring a little bit of that, you know, as far as that smile and that joy to those children and those families, I tell you what, it, it means the world to me. I look forward to putting in all the work as, as, as long as I speak for our committee, and I look forward to making a difference, and once again, as far as for our committee. And uh, it, it's an exciting time, and, you know, we look forward to 2021 and, and hopefully getting back to a, a new normal. Yeah, definitely. You know, well, let's let's look back real quick, Elvis, uh, to 2019. You know, we were there at the Union Civica Mexicana. We had kids galore we had bicycles that were donated by one of the credit unions help me help me with that which one was that uh there was one gas they, gas credit union. they donated 10 bicycles for kids that that was wonderful and in the midst of all this uh chaos that was going on with everybody excited about receiving their gifts there was a time where we came together uh to pray and to give thanks and leading that prayer was none other than father joe shabel and I want to mention him because he was a part of Christmas with Angels and uh, that generous heart that he always had for the community. Um, you know, it, it was very sad because I think a week after he gave that final prayer with us, uh, he went to uh, his heavenly home, his heavenly reward. And he's probably doing a lot better than many of us in 2020. But uh, I just want to make sure that we mention Father Joe Shabel because he was a big part of this as well. And it's one, I'm glad you, uh, you know, mentioned Father Shable as well. We had a, a beautiful picture that was taken with many of the, the committee members and children um, as he was delivering that prayer. Uh, we never knew it would be the last time that, you know, we would be in prayer with him. Or, um, But how special is it, you know, that he was able to deliver, you know, that prayer that really made that event so special. We can't thank him enough. You know, I... I I look at that picture, and it just brings back such great memories. And, you know, now he's one of our angels as well. And, you know, we just appreciate it. It's a time to reflect. It's a time to love in this in this world we have today, and it's a time to give back. Yes. I can't stress that enough. Yes, and, and so much it's it's time to love and to be kind with one another. And, and you know, we have gone through some really rough times. And, and Father Joe, I, I, I just bring him up again because, I, you know, he celebrated his, his priesthood of, of being a priest for over 50 years and um, maybe even longer. I think it was 60 years. And he was from our community, and he just was always there when you needed him. 
uh, whether it was being baptized, having a baptism or, you know, a funeral service. And, you know, it's going to go on the one-year anniversary of his passing, I think, next week or or maybe in, within the next month. And so we just want to remember Father Joe wholeheartedly. And I just want to say thank you again, Elvis Mako, for all that you're doing with Christmas with Angels. There are so many families out there that are in need this year, and so many in the past that uh, I know that they are very thankful to Christmas with Angels and all, all of the, the members, the angels, if you will, who have been a big part of this. And I really want to uh, ask the community, if you want to support it, please do, because uh, it's it's really tough to raise $10,000 in such a short period of time, but we've, we've got to do that because our community is definitely in need. Any final okay. words, Elvis? Yes, there's three ways to donate. You can either write a check to the Mexican-American Council if you're looking to support a 501c3. Just when you do that check, write in the memo line, Christmas with Angels. The mail is running a little bit late this year, so if you want to drop that off and or mail it, of course. If you want to drop it off to Mexican-American Council, or you can write a check to Garber Buick, we'll then in turn write additional check. You can drop off a check to Garber Buick or Mexican-American Council. On our Facebook page, we also have a PayPal account, Christmas with the Angels, at PayPal, which is really easy because there's no contact. Um, so there is that way, too, so three different ways. If you need absolutely any information, we have many angels that can contact. Contact us via, via uh, Facebook or Mexican-American Council or Garber Buick. And if I can just share one thing with you, Larry, in closing, I received this message here a couple uh, a weeks ago, and it really, it, it it just really showed how important this was. And this was the message that was received. It said, hello, I'm interested in volunteering. Last year I was in nursing school, school and, I, and I also lost my job. I reached out to Christmas with Angels for help. I'm so happy to say I received it. I want to say thank you, and my family really appreciate it. The gifts were wonderful at bringing smiles to my children's faces. I am now a working nurse, and I now can help. I would love to volunteer. Thank you, Elvis, for uh, reading that to us. We're running out of time here. I've got to go. Thank you. And I want to thank our listeners for listening to Mi Gente On Air. And next week, we're going to be talking about tamales. Adios. Thank you.